Welcome to another bonus edition of Record Roundtable, where we talk about the music that was released within the month, the month we have left, and we are talking about is April. And a regular track to open the show with. This is Caleb Robinson speaking. I'm here with Jared. This is Tyler. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And again, this is what April. That gar- and, well, that's what I was going to say. That garbage you just played. The first two things that I was going to talk about for April, I can uh, chitty chat with old Tyler about. I'm sure you probably uh, didn't really pay attention to him, but that one was a song off of Godspeed You Black Emperor's new album. Jared is oh, yeah. the chat. Tyler, did you have a chance to check it out? I know you hadn't. I did. You did? I checked it out. What were your thoughts on the new album? I think it's pretty good. I thought so too. We uh we covered them recently on the uh uh the the main show me and mm-hmm. Tyler did and it was uh a surprise that they had a new album coming out to us because we had decided to cover them uh at the same time that they had been announcing that it was coming. So we did not have a chance to uh listen to it then, but we had a chance to listen to it now. That's right. Oh, I think it falls in place in their later discography, which you all can learn more about if you listen to that episode. But um it's kind of more guitar centric, like the the later couple albums are. Mm-hmm. And for me, I it really had a lot of uh, psych rock elements to it. I could definitely see that. I think that it. You say that it feels like kind of their their um, later work, but I think it kind of fits in both realms of their sound. Like I think it takes some from their early set of albums and then some from their newer set of albums, and kind of finds more of a central point. I think that. People have not enjoyed their last few albums since their return as much as their like first two albums in particular. Um, but I think this is one of those albums that gets a little bit closer. It's not quite as good as those first two, but it gets a little closer to uh, what, what what we had heard on some of those albums. The other one uh, that I think Tyler would like to, to speak on is a new album by the group Dry Cleaning. Their new album is called New Long Leg. This song, of course, is called Strong Feelings. Just an emo dead stuff collector. Things come to the brain. Let's look at the geophys. Let's wait for the results. Just an emo dead stuff collector. Tyler, I know that you were uh, quite fond of Dry Cleaning's most recent, i.e. their debut album. Yeah, I thought this was pretty good. I saw it, uh, so I, I saw it on, um, I don't know, uh, I think it was on Instagram because I follow Pitchfork, and they put new, best new music stuff up there, so I saw it, and I was like, ooh, I gotta check this thing out. Mm. It's pretty good. I like it's. I mean, we're kind of getting, we're in a point right now where uh, there's a lot of, it's almost like another post-punk revival situation in this period. I agree. I think that that's been very slowly working in that direction for a couple of years now. Really like mm-hmm. Fontaine's DC, Idols, uh, Preoccupations, Shame. Like there's a ton of different like post-punk groups, especially coming from this region, um, which is not surprising. 
and, and we're seeing a lot more out, uh, other groups trying to go in that direction, do something different with what we already know about post-punk. Yeah. I think that this album and where, uh, what dry cleaning is getting at is a little bit closer related to some of the sounds that we're familiar with from the late seventies into the early eighties, as compared to they're just taking those sounds and they're putting them into a different context. That's what it sounds like to me. It doesn't sound as much like some of the people who are just like doing some new, new different type of things or mixing it with a couple of other genres and creating something else a little bit. This one feels a little bit more like old. It almost feels like on the cusp of new wave in a way. Mm -hmm. So I think it's pretty good and interesting. The, the local, the vocal delivery is interesting. I'm not sure if that hits for me. I know it doesn't hit as much as the, uh, as the musical arrangements, which I really enjoy. And the guitar work is, I think it's really fun. Sure. On this I, album. I really like, uh, so Florence Shaw is the vocalist. And I think it's probably the most evident thing that you'll notice when listening to it as something very different from what your average band is doing, because she uses these like very deadpan, just kind of not emotive way of doing music. The way that that shaped out is that, they wanted her to be in the group, but she's like, I'm not really a singer. And they're like, we don't really want you to be a singer. Just do what you want to do. So that's just kind of what the direction she went with. So she's really uh, more of a poet in my mind, uh, just kind of reading off very obscure lines while like some groovy post-punk instrumentals go mm -hmm. on. One of my favorite lines, because uh, the lines that she does are also very just like odd uh, and sometimes seemingly meaningless. Uh, but one line from a song is straight up just, I've been thinking about eating that hot dog for hours. What a great line. What a fun line. <laughs> like, That's a great line. What's the purpose all, of that? We've all been there. They also they also talk about Antiques Roadshow for a while on one song. There's just a lot of, a lot of odd stuff going on throughout mm -hmm. this whole album lyrically. So Yeah, no doubt. So I would this is kind of a common thing we're seeing, too, in terms of lyrical delivery, though. I mean, we've seen it with... Uh, that Black Country New Road album, which is kind of like, uh, it's kind of a reminiscent of 10 years later in regards, but it has a similar vocal delivery. We're seeing that a lot in some of this more like uh, throwback style, reworked, post-punky, uh, early like indie type stuff. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I definitely, I'd say it's worth checking out if you're a post-punk fan. Might might not love the vocal delivery, but if it lands for you, then I think you're you're in for a treat. Let's do an album. I don't know if you listened to it, Tyler, but I know Jared did. I know that Jared probably will have some thoughts on it. Uh, we can talk about Brock Hampton's new album, Road Runner, New Light, New Machine. My mama said I didn't come into this world with tears. Instead, I welcome how I open eyes and open ears. Became the glue to a few things that couldn't be repaired. We saw a future in each other, blending hope and fear. So things you don't get to the side, it's just the face you share. I used to try to hold the weight that she would need to bear. Washed up was going on vacation for a couple years. When they came back, they needed clothes. I had no souvenirs. I pick up the phone. Jerry, what were your thoughts on Brock Hampton's album? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, they release a lot of albums uh, that in, they do in their time. They had like three in one year. Saturation series, yeah. Uh, Which a lot of people were really into. I didn't love the Saturation series myself. I think that there's some some odd things that are worth listening to that are on those albums, but it doesn't hit the same way that I think it does. Because they have a very big internet cult following. Yes. Yes, they do. I uh, actually learned about them when I uh, lived in uh, Muncie with you. Somebody at, um, that I worked with at Toys R Us when they were... Shutting the old store down told me about Brockhampton, and they're like, 
have you heard of Brockhampton? I'm like, no, I never have listened to it. And then right after he told me that, uh, they kind of blew up. They were on uh, Kimmel, uh, which that performance is really cool. And then I kind of followed them a little bit from there. But uh, I like this album. I thought it was good. I like the... I think my favorite song on the album is Don't Shoot Up the Party. It's a pretty interesting song. You don't have to play it because you already played a song. So. That, that, is a pretty, that is a pretty good one. But yeah. It's it, worth listening to if you are going to listen to the album. Yeah. Uh, get to that song. It's towards the end. So as long as you can make it that far, yeah. then you'll hear the song. Yeah, Brockhampton are a self-proclaimed boy band yes. because they are a giant collective of people. And mm-hmm. they list pretty much everybody who's involved in Brockhampton as a member of the group. Like, the guy who takes pictures for them is a part of Brockhampton. The guy nice. who, you know, like, the, the not just the, the people who do the production work, not just the vocalists, but, like, really, it's very uh, community I think Jack Carlo had something to do with them as well earlier. Did he? Uh, yeah, I think he... He wasn't in the group, I don't believe, but I think they did a song with him at, like... When you just throw another guy into it, you're like, I think he might be in it, but you don't know. Yeah, don't it's know. it's hard to it's hard to know for sure who's actually a part. This is um now I believe their let's see sixth album, sixth album, and what I heard was was that Roadrunner is going to be a two part series. They're going to release another album this year as a Roadrunner album, oh. and it's supposedly going to be their last as Brockhampton. Supposedly, I thought it was going to be that other Looney Tune. No, I'm not, they're not going with the other Looney Tunes this time. Wiley? <laughs> I would love a Wiley Coyote uh, Brockhampton album. It's just about failure and loss. <laughs> yes. Yeah. that's. I think we could all handle that. I think that would be valuable. Yeah. They, uh, they're definitely a very uh, interesting and worthwhile uh, hip-hop, R&B mm-hmm. kind of collective. Boy band Boy collective. Band collective. Yeah, they're, band. They've got yeah. a lot of – I'm sure that most people – uh, are aware of them at this point in so. this in this kind of realm of maybe, music maybe anybody who yeah. listens to hip-hop for the most part i think they're yeah, not very commercial so. they're not very but but they're pretty big online like you said like youtube and uh twitter and stuff so i don't it's hard to know exactly what people know things of yeah jerry why don't you tell me about some of the stuff that you've been listening to this month okay uh here i'll do a quick little uh thing going on here I don't know how much you want to talk about, so I'll just do the things I know you won't talk about. Go through a uh, a country man that uh, has he likes to yodel. His name is Nick Shoulders. He had a new album out uh, this month called "Home on the Rage," and uh, it was pretty good. He's very interesting. He has been on uh, both uh, two YouTube channels that are good if you like uh, non-commercial country music. Are Jim's on VHS. And uh, is it uh, Country AF, right? Is that what it's called? I've showed you videos. I hope that's what it's called. Probably. Let me look it up real quick. I now. feel like I would. you would trust your intuition on this one. You're more than likely going to be right about it. Western AF. Ah, so uh, close. Oh, very close, yes. But he's West. been on both of those YouTube channels performing uh, live. Perform- he covered uh, Madonna, I think, or Cindy Lauper, one of the two. He's pretty good. Yes. Amigo the Devil had an album out called Born Against... Uh, I like him because I, I first heard about him on YouTube as well. He yes. had a song called I Hope Your Husband Dies, which is yes. great. <laughs> he's uh, he's great an song. odd fellow for sure. And uh, so on this album, my favorite song on it is called Murder at the Bingo Hall. It's like very like interesting. It's kind of like Murder by Death a little bit, uh, just like in terms of production and his voice and such. Yeah. Uh, I've never, like I'm not into him, but I did listen to this album. I thought it was good. Yeah. And uh, it's worth bringing up. Uh, murder, which, murder at the Bingo Hall is quite a good song. Yes. I, I enjoy the way that he. I mean, I just like his uh, 
performance style to begin with, it's very different from yes. other people who are performing. And so, you know, he does a good job of giving you something that you don't find a lot of. Uh, it's kind of go ahead. Uh, it's kind of dense, but I'm also it kind of is reminiscent of mountain some mountain goat stuff, really. Yeah, yeah, I can hear that a little bit too, as well, especially with the songwriting kind of the choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a pop punk group that is from the Midwest area, somewhere not too far from us. I'm not exactly sure where they're from. They're called Action Slash Adventure, and uh, they had an EP come out called uh, Pulling Focus. That uh, they're interesting because uh, there's uh, two black members, which you do not get in pop punk very often. No. Uh, one of them is the like guitarist slash kind of vocalist, and the other I don't backing think... vocals. Yeah, but yeah. he does some a little bit of lead. But and then there's uh, the other members are also not white, so it's like a very and. So the song that I like from this EP is called Barricades, and it is kind of talking about uh, the barricades within that genre for ah. people that look like them. So you would think, you know, like, so it's it's pretty interesting. The EP is pretty good. It's pop punk, so it is what it is. You yeah, know, they, they do have quite the diverse I know. group of people in their I know. group. I like that. Yeah. That's fun. Like, yeah. Yeah, Are you... they jumping off the loudspeakers? Yes, they are, of course. So that's oh, good. that's good. given. It's It's mandatory, you see. I guess that one guy's. That's I don't know. I don't want to judge. No, 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 no. <laughs> they are a, divi a diverse group yes. in pop punk, and that's all that needs to be said. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing before we get to another last. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Rise Against has a new song out called Nowhere Generation that is good. I like them. I've liked them a really long time. They are basically radio rock with a message maybe i'd like, say that's right now that's what they are like before they were a punk band that like really had a political message yes. and now they're a rock band that does like bonnaroo tours and stuff yeah they still have a message but it's a little bit more veiled but this song sounds like really good yeah uh, i think that like because it was probably just like mid 2000s when they started to break out and then yeah. they started doing things different from there because they definitely yeah. had some pretty heavy songs it's one of those things where like on. i think they're when people that are early fans of them would call them uh sellouts yes it might be fair but i did never get into them when they were like not that and right. so i can't really be like you know upset with them because i like i couldn't i never would have heard them had they not broken out you yeah see? right i think it was like 2006 was probably ready to fall yeah that's the very the first refugee song were the them. two yeah. songs that really kind of i mean they have other songs that were popular at the time. Their biggest song is earlier than that, which is um, Savior. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's not as though that was like their very first breakout moment, but I think that that was when they continued to start moving more in that direction of breaking out. Because uh, Savior is not really a radio rock song, in my no, opinion. No, but it was on the radio. That's right. the thing. I mean, it's not tailored to I mean. Sure. Uh, the... There's another country uh, album that was out by uh, Eric Church, who I've never really yeah, been into, yeah. but he's interesting. Uh, he uh, is influenced by Bruce Springsteen to a certain extent, and I, you know, he's got a song called Springsteen. He's very like uh, radio country, but he also kind of has some outlaw. Do you do you like Eric Church, Tyler? I very much dislike Eric Church. Okay, really? Okay. Oh yeah. So he had a triple album release. Uh, heart and then and sign which i think was only for like a fan thing and then soul but uh, the one i liked was i liked some of stuff from the album heart uh the song that i like the most from it is heart of the night 
It is very uh, thematic. Like it could have been in the uh, Stars Born soundtrack as the songs that Bradley Cooper sang, and it wouldn't be like okay. So I don't. I don't know if did you ever watch that movie? No, still uh, have okay. not. Okay. So yeah, that'll if you'll play that song, then uh, then we'll move on to whatever you want to talk about. Sure. The rhythm of the road will give these horses wings to fly. And my true north is anyway, I can leave it all behind. Let's point this thing west into the chest of the steel beating heart of the night. I like that it like uh is very like so the uh, YouTube person that I watched that uh, like covers country music and stuff, he called it like an Elton John kind of song. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I could see that. That's my stuff for right now. I'll let you get to your stuff. Sounds good. All right. So another one that I will uh, go ahead and play. This is probably my favorite album of this month. I would say it's the one that caught my attention the most. Uh, I don't think I sent it to you, Tyler. And if I did not, then I apologize. I know I showed it to Jared. But it is uh, the Armed with their album Ultra Pop. So Tyler, you you made a sound like you had listened to this. I did. What did you think about the Armed? I really like this album. I've never listened to them before, and obviously I should have. They've had stuff out for the past six years. Mm-hmm. But, um, this is this is the first one I've listened to. I like it's noise rock with lots of kind of like standard um, go to alt rock, like um, solo and lead parts over it. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that stands out a little bit uh, on some of it. Uh, some of it's just more noisy. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I'm finding I'm finding it difficult to, like, think of what I want to compare it to uh, in current, like, relatively current releases. I think that there were a lot of a lot of different things that I could reminded me of different things, but not anything like, oh, yeah, the arm sounds like this group. Like, there were points right. where they had, like, uh, guitar riffs that sound like Mets. There were points like that song right there, which is all futures, the single that they had that chorus in the middle there sounds like idols chanting to me. Like it feels very much like them. Some of the guitar tones sound almost like St. Vincent style. Some of the electronics kind of sound like a Genghis. Like there's just so many different types of things that they're bringing in. I think it makes sense because I also did not um, hear of them until now. And I think it does make sense because from the beginning they have tried to be like elusive they have like gone out of their way for people to not know who they are they just with this uh single that i just played they did a live performance music video style where they actually showed themselves as the members like uh in for the first time not at like a concert but with their concerts they would bill themselves under a different name and then just surprise play um, they would try and lead people away to make them think that there were different people who were in the group. They'd used fake names before. Like they've done a lot to really intentionally avoid people even knowing really that they exist. So, you know, I think that it's not surprising that we wouldn't have heard of them up until this point. 
Yeah, it looks like uh, from what I saw too, there the members. There's like a core group of members, and there's lots of collaborators as well, which mm. would make it a lot easier to try to just like elude people, I suppose, by yeah. never really knowing what's going on. Right. The uh, the other group that I did not mention intentionally, so I could get to it now, they do have definitely sounds of converge, and the reason mm. for that is because uh, our good friend uh, Kurt is the one who produced it as he often does. He His his God City uh, studio continues to uh, bring in more people and uh, you know do different things with them. And I, I think that you can tell that Kurt Ballou would have been involved in a project like this, so I don't think it surprises me. I think he's been involved with them for quite a while. Um, and there's definitely... Yeah, it looks like he was uh, involved in, in their early work. Yeah. In the beginning, even. So... But yeah, I, I like it. A lot of the tracks on here have that like uh, overly compressed type feel that we hear. We talked about it initially in uh, the woods, Slater Kenny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about that. They use that kind of uh, production style, which is is really I've got it's something I've started to enjoy a lot more. So the noise, the noise, the noise that's what it is. Noise, the noise, noise. I will no go. Is that from the Grinch? <laughs> That's, yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm gonna do one more, and then Tyler, I'm gonna throw to you, so I can kind of see where you both have listened, so I know what gaps to fill. Mm. So I'm gonna play one more because I don't think either of you would bring them up. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the new album from Porter Robinson. The album is called Nurture. The song is called Look at the Sky. Look at the sky. Did either of you have a chance to check out Porter Robinson? I know I showed you some songs. Yeah, that's all I've uh, heard is what you had me listen to, which was that song and then one other song. Mm -hmm. I think I saw him from something else uh, like before you showed me, but I didn't like go any further than... Didn't latch on to it. I remember seeing the man. That's it. Gotcha. Tyler? Uh, No, no, I did not. Okay, just checking to make sure. So Porter Robinson, uh, this is his first album. In seven years, this is only his second album, he started coming up uh, in the early 2010s, uh, pretty young, and he actually, uh, which is really funny to me, uh, because he was like a DJ initially, and then kind of kept making beats, and he uh, came up with Skrillex, like Skrillex signed him to a label, which makes so much sense that a DJ would be signed by Skrillex around this time, who would become more popular. Uh, he got a little bit of notoriety at that time when, you know, electronic music was kind of starting to become a little bit more popular um, in more of like an EDM realm. And I guess he felt a lot of depression coming off of his first album. And so he kind of disappeared for a couple years and then has just mostly floated around since then. So Nurture is the first album he's had in quite some time. And I like it quite a bit. It it does a lot of uh, fun stuff with EDM and electronic music and a lot of pop signature kind of things too. That song is probably my favorite one. I think that's going to end up being one of my favorite songs of the whole year, just because it's such a a positive, 
fun, nice song. But throughout the album, one of the things that I really enjoy that he does, you'll throughout the album you'll hear a kind of more um, feminine voice, and it's actually still Porter Robinson, but he uses uh, vocal effects to to make his voice sound more feminine. So sometimes he'll even like um, like sing together with both his masculine and his feminine voice at different points. Uh, but there's a lot of really good songs that go from um, kind of bigger electronic songs to a little bit more almost like ambient, um, psychedelic, just kind of electronic noise. And then, again, these like bigger pop songs. So it has a lot of uh, things to offer on it. I, I would recommend it. I don't know how much you would like it, Tyler, but you could probably find some value in it. And Jared, I, I feel like you would probably enjoy the songs that I already showed you. But otherwise, I think other people might find some some enjoyment out of this uh, this fella. So, Tyler, why don't you go ahead and tell me some of the stuff that you listened to this month. All right. Well, I think I'll start with Gojira. Yeah, okay. You guys listen to that? I, I, yes. So, as I've mentioned recently, I've been trying to get more into a certain uh, area of metal. So... I saw they had a new album come out, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this one a peek. Either you guys listen to the Yeah, we, yes, we both did. Yes. I, I like Gojira. I first found Gojira with Magma, their last album, and they are a pretty well-praised metal group, both uh, a little bit in the mainstream because they're the type to kind of be at festivals, but yes. also from a more like stringent metalhead who's yes. like very purist about it. Yeah, so I actually – I really – in I think I'm beginning to enjoy the genre more so than I than – I, initially did anyway but i really yeah. like what i heard from this album. i actually started listening to i i don't remember i think i listened to a little bit of stuff off of magma or somewhere else it came on somewhere for me last week uh i don't remember i can't remember why but then i saw that that what this new album came out because of that and i took a listen so i really liked it i like the um i just like the mixing of it in the instrumentation a lot more than i have in this type of field it's mixed a little bit more to my sensibilities mm-hmm. where it's just not all you know oh even you know the guitars are a little bit higher the drums fill a space that's a little bit lower but it's really important for the background and i really enjoyed the percussive work on this album as well mm-hmm. I, I felt like it was a little more varied than it sometimes is on some of these types of albums and all in all i just really enjoyed what i listened to on it yeah, and I think you would. Uh, this won't. Uh, this is a very Tyler thing to say. I think you'll enjoy their DIY kind of ethic about the way that they do production. Uh, the lead vocalist is the one who does. Uh, that's Joe Duplantier. Something in that realm. I don't remember sure. if I, I might be mispronouncing. They're, they're French, you know. So yeah, yeah, they're good. No, I thought that they are they French. They are French. You're right. Um, but the, he's the one who produces their their albums and has has done so for a while. And so you know that he has a a big hand in what that album is going to sound like, what how it mixes and everything. So, um, oh, and I cool. I think that I I definitely it makes sense that you would enjoy them because I think that the way that they use their guitar tones. Uh, and a lot of their kind of the groove heaviness of their yes. metal is very up your alley. Yeah, it definitely is. And what I'm looking on like uh, fans also like we have Meshuggah, which I'm reminded of because of mm-hmm. some of their musicality. But they also have Macedon, which is closer to where I come from. Yeah, you know Macedon, Baroness, and then Lamb of God is on there as well as fans mm-hmm. also like. Which mm-hmm. look at that. You know, when we just discussed that recently, and I found that as something that was a little more tolerable in the genre mm-hmm. for me as well. So I feel like some of the vocals are a little bit closer to Baroness, like just kind of the way he sings a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and Macedon as well, like kind of the yeah. 
the way that they do their choruses and stuff. Like I liked a, another world that was the first single that came from it. I watched the music video for it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I also uh, like Born for One Thing. Let's let's play. The chant yeah. is pretty interesting as well. Yeah, it is. It's very uh, reminds me of the Who. I could see that. Let's play. Let's play a little bit of uh, Born for One Thing just so <sighs> listeners have an idea of what Gojira yeah, sounds yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, That uh, that kind of guitar slide that they do is a very, very big signature of their sound. Uh, like mm. very frequently, they use that kind of guitar slide that they, and I, I think it's pretty fun. I think it's yeah. pretty fun. Just listening to that one, I'm I'm once again reminded how much I enjoy the drumming in this album, mm -hmm. and I'm also reminded of like the place that the bass guitar plays in the mix here is really interesting. Uh, because it, what it reminds me of is a band like Chavez or someone where the bass is really like heavy and carrying along the rhythmic aspect of everything while the guitars kind of do a little bit different type of work. So it's really, I really enjoyed a lot of things about this album. Yeah. Last thing I'll mention about Gojira that I think is worthwhile mentioning is that they do also have a political message that comes with a lot of their music. This has been something that's been very important to them for a long time, but they speak a lot to um, environmentalism. And they, that second song on the album, Amazonia, uh, uses a little bit of like indigenous instrumentation. And it's very intentional that they did that. They actually used that song as um, something to, to give charity for uh, Brazilian indigenous rights. So this is something that has been uh, permeating through their music for a long time. So not only are they a cool sounding metal group uh, that kind of diverts from other types of metal in their own kind of way... They also have a fun message. Huzzah. Meaningful Huzzah. metal. Love it. All right, I'm going to get into the next one, uh, and I'm just going to roll right into Dinosaur Jr. They had a new album come out. I'm not sure if you guys hit that one or not either. That's something you all might have gotten to. I listened to a little bit of it, but I didn't listen to the whole album. I heard a couple songs. Ooh. I did not get through the whole album, though. So I like I. So when, I, when they came out with uh, their album in 2016, I went to the record store, and I saw that it came out, and I said, what do you think about it? And, and they're just like, well, Travis is like, I mean, the couple first couple songs are kind of different, but then it just turns into a dinosaur album. So, you know, if you like it, you're going to like it. You know what I mean? So uh, I think it's really difficult to not like it if you just like Dinosaur Jr. The tonality is there. It's really heavy fuzz. Rhythmically, the fuzz is like very heavy on this thing. But they play around with some really interesting and like kind of different melodic choices on a couple different songs on this that makes it vary and break up a little bit more than a standard dinosaur album. So... Dinosaur Jr., I should say, because Dinosaur itself is a band. So Dinosaur Jr. But uh, all in all, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was, you know, good for a Dinosaur Jr. album. I don't think it um, was like, I don't think it stands out above any of their previous releases, but I think it was a good album. A uh, song on there that I thought was really cool in terms of uh, the um, guitar melodies was Garden. I don't know if you all got that far into it or not. I don't think so. Let's go ahead and give that a listen. Happy with it. Everybody's living through it. Must admit I get into it. 
So that song's kind of an atypical feel for a Dinosaur Jr. song. Um, the guitar tones on that melodic portion is a little bit different. The way that the melodic portion is kind of created is a little different. And his singing delivery, his vocal delivery is a little bit more drawn out, kind of more singy than like talky uh, mm-hmm. as compared to where it would typically be kind of standardized across a lot of their work. So I thought there was a couple of really cool little moments of difference in this album as compared to some of their previous work. Whenever I go to a concert and the lead vocalist uh, like starts you know, like in between songs, trying to, uh, you know, to chat with the crowd. I always say, yeah, banter. I say less singy or less talky, more singy. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I ruined the, yeah, get him. I ruined the damn joke. Get him. I messed up every close. Time. Dang it. I like, oh, uh, I liked, I did actually get that far into the album. I remember that song. Uh, they remind me of Pixies, which is probably, you know, uh, you know, a little bit correct or something. Uh, it was interesting. It was not really what I was expecting. I don't think I've ever listened to a full Dinosaur Jr. album uh, from the beginning to the end. And I still haven't, I guess, because I didn't finish it. But uh, I like this song. Uh, I think it's called The Jar. That's the only song I actually remember that I've ever like heard. I'm, it was on, like uh, I think, on Fuse. I think he played it on Steven's Untitled Rock Show a long time ago, if any of you guys remember that thing. But uh, they're an interesting group. Uh but yeah, I thought the what I heard it was pretty good. But I knew that you would probably like it, Tyler. True. Well, thanks. Thanks for knowing me. Speaking of knowing things that Tyler will like, let's go ahead and get into Super Wolves. Yes, I knew All that right. was coming. So you want me to talk first? Yeah. yeah oh of yes, course, please. This is your <laughs> this is your gig right here. Uh, so I've been waiting for this album since I heard it. It's a speak spoke about. It's only been like a month, I think, since we, we realized it was coming out. Yeah, it hasn't been long. Probably. It was not surprising because uh, Bonnie Prince Bailey and Matt Sweeney had been doing a couple collaborative songs. I know they did one with uh, Bill Callahan, and it was like kind of the tail end of 2020 that we were hearing those. So yeah, it's so not too uh, surprising Bonnie to Prince see they Billy, do something. Well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Caleb. Go on. Oh, you're fine. I was just gonna say it's not surprising we'd see something like this coming soon. Yeah. So that song you're you're mentioning is uh, Bonnie Prince Billy and Bill Callahan were collaborating all through the course of last year on doing covers with guest artists on each one. So they had Matt in there for at least one, maybe two of those as well. Um, ever since 2005, the initial Super Wolf album, uh, Bonnie Prince Billy and Matt Sweeney have been collaborating mostly in live settings and touring together. Um, outside of when Matt is mostly a studio musician at this point. So mm. other than doing the guitar. Um, and he does he's actually i i was looking to see he's done a lot of work that's very uh diverse from what i remembered like i for some reason i didn't notice that like he has done stuff with like the dixie chicks he had done something he had done a couple songs with lp and run the jewels which i was like i didn't know that i don't know how i missed that but he's been all over the place in terms of studio work and like being a performer a guitar you know a guitarist on albums of those of that nature, like where they need someone to come in. So it's been pretty cool. This is a return to the ideas and new ideas of the 2005 Super Wolf album now entitled Super Wolves. I liked it. it it's different than the first one. Um, it's, it has the way that they play together and the way that they write together has changed as Bonnie Prince Billy's music has changed over time. I mean, as it, as his solo music has changed over 16 years, so also is the way that they're writing music together has changed over 16 years. So it has some similar feels because it has like the kind of standard uh, like Matt Sweeney guitar tone that I'm familiar with from their previous release and some of the similar writing styles, but things are arranged a little bit differently. 
and it kind of like flows in a weird way. I wouldn't, I'm not sure that I'm totally, I don't, I'm not sure that I would say that it flows super smoothly, but it has peaks and valleys, I think. Mm -hmm. So there are some songs that are more, there's some songs that are more kind of in your face, such as uh, the opener, Make Worry For Me, which is the first single, a really good song. I like it a lot. I think that the guitar tones and guitar work is really cool. It's very eerie. I like vocal. It's, it, yes, it's eerie. It's eerie, and it's kind of just like brooding, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's like a challenge is how it feels. Mm -hmm. But then you run into some other ones like Hall of Death with this was the second single. It's like a country kind of a romp. Weird song. What's that? It's like a country romp. Yeah, it's weird, which is so Matt uh Bonnie Prince Billy has becoming become more and more like instead of like a weird uh indie folk kind of whatever you want to call it from like the earlier portion of his career, he's focused more on country sounds in the later portion of his career. Americana is really his kind yes. of um his realm that he goes to, a lot of different types of folk country other Americana based sounds. Yeah. And so that that's coming through a lot more in the writing and in the vocal delivery and vocal and the the vocals themselves on this album. One thing I like about this album though that I think is fun is when you like if you can understand that these two are coming together and each song is just like ideas thrown together from both of them. There's a lot of really short songs on this album, particularly the latter half of this album. And it's just kind of like letting an idea come together and be what it is and then be over with, which I really enjoy. Because I think there's a lot of fun in listening to two people who are just trying to like smash their ideas together and create something. Going through and fleshing out a full idea and just letting it be what it is and not trying to make it, you know, longer or shorter or be something that it isn't. You know what I mean? <clears throat> That's kind of what I got as a feeling on the last part of the song. So I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. It's I, I don't know, like it's going to be kind of a weird, a weird place for some people, I guess. But uh, if you already like Bonnie Prince Billy, or if you enjoy Matt Sweeney's guitar playing and the things he's worked on, or if you like the first album, you should definitely give it a listen. That's I think it's totally worth it. Yeah. Matt Sweeney, really his guitar tone is very evident. Like it's hard to miss that. It's a Matt Sweeney related song on any of these. It, it, and mm -hmm. it's very, it's very sparse in the instrumentation. They don't uh, use a whole lot. So it's very focused on Bonnie Prince, Billy and Matt Sweeney kind of broadly speaking. My favorite song is my popsicle. That one has some fun. That lines. is a good one. It's got some fun lines in it. Mm -hmm. so. He, so they're all, it's whole thing is full of, interesting fun lines which is a bonnie prince billy staple at this point i mean it he just says weird things sometimes you know or talks in he speaks in a language that's not quite direct mm -hmm. you could say so lyrically it's an interesting album as well and i think there's a lot of room to be able to listen to it and enjoy it from that aspect as well so yeah so i'm gonna speed run a bunch of albums that i listened to that i enjoyed this month that i know i will not have time to talk deeply about and then I will talk about ones that I'm assuming that somebody here has probably listened to. And then I think I have like maybe one or two that I know I want to talk about otherwise. Let me, well, as I go, just stop me if you know you've heard something. We can spend some time on it. So okay. one album is Spirit of the Beehive. Their album was Entertainment Death. It's a kind of experimental psychedelic album. Does a lot of strange stuff across the whole thing that you'll just have to listen to to kind of get an idea of. Conway the Machine has a new album, La Maquina, which is... Um, I could talk about a new Griselda-based project probably every other month, so I'm not going to keep spending a ton of time. But it's another good performance from Conway the Machine, who I enjoy quite a bit. Uh, another one that maybe Tyler has heard but maybe not is Broken Mirror, A Selfie Reflection, which is from Matthew E. White and Lonnie Hawley. That one is definitely up a Tyler alley. It's um, 
Lonnie, Lonnie Holly is a um, artist and he uses kind of a um, avant-garde style of vocalization on the album and Matthew E. White, Matthew E. White kind of composes the music. It's kind of jazzy, um, but it's very, very weird from a vocal perspective. So it's definitely an interesting album to check out. Uh, another one is Don Richard, Second Line, which is uh, a female artist who's making kind of um, electronic, uh, soul, different types of, uh, you know, different types of styles of music that all come out into this one album. Another one I may butcher everything about it. Um, the artist is Tumani Diabete, and he's performing with the London Symphony Orchestra. Uh, the album, I will not even try to say because I know I will mess it up. It is kind of jazzy as well. It's all instrumental. And um, Tumane Diabete is using kind of some traditional uh, African instrumentation within this as well. So it, it's a very different type of kind of not quite classical, but maybe somewhere in that styling, I suppose. Another one is uh, Mon Laferte and her album Cies, which is pretty good. She is the most streamed Chilean artist, and uh, she has she's very, very popular in I that. I beg to differ. I know a better Chilean artist. I said the most streamed. I know. You can't beg to differ on who's the most streamed. I don't know. Anyways, she's been He's around. Biffering. For, hmm? 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 He's biffering on it. Apparently. Uh, she's been around for quite a while now, and it's a very, very good kind of um, traditional Latin sounds, but still um, commercial-esque in some way. I think that people could still find a lot of uh, enjoyment from the album. Um, I think that covers all the ones that maybe people had not heard of before. Uh, one that I listened to and was surprised by that I know Jared would love to talk about is Leslie Jordan's album, Company's Coming. Yes. Why don't you get into that one, Jared? Okay, so Leslie Jordan is uh, this this guy. He's known for being on uh, Celebrity Big Brother. I don't think that's what he's known for. Yes, he is. He's known that's for it. And he <laughs> had... That's huh? not what he's known for He had all. an argument with, with <laughs> Carrie Busey. That's just what you know him for. I mean, how can you not argue with Gary Busey? Uh, anyway, so <laughs> I really actually will you will you do the uh, the line again while I do the echo? No, just for fun. No, uh, that's how we started. He was also on American Horror Story. That's fun. He fun. was, yeah. Anyway, so he has a new gospel album out, which is pretty interesting, uh, called "The Thing That Caleb Said," and uh, company's I, coming. Yeah. So I don't. I for some reason somehow my YouTube p popped up uh, that he had this. Uh, gospel album coming out, and so I followed, I subbed to his YouTube channel just so I could get updates on this thing, and it is a pretty good album, surprisingly, for it being, uh, a, he's like, he's 66, which, but he looks and acts like he's much older, and also much younger, it's very strange, he's, mm -hmm. he does not age, uh, but it's, it's interesting, it's, it's, it has a uh, ton of weird features, lots of interesting features, so, the first song I th uh, that I think I heard was uh, the song Farther Along that has both Chris and Morgan Stapleton, mm -hmm. the married uh, country duo, but Indeed. most people know Chris. Uh, and then the other song that I like that's on it is featuring Brandy Carlisle called Angel Band. Quite good. Dolly Parton's on it. Uh, Tanya Tucker is on it. 
And uh, the most interesting by far yes. is Eddie Vedder is on, on this gospel album yes. with this Quality. old gay man. Yes. That's real. All this is real. Let's let's He's play let's play the oh, go ahead. character. Huh? My cousin Eddie is portraying a character here? No, 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 no. Uh, Leslie Jordan is a gay mm. old man. Uh mm. and he is singing He's a gay old man. Uh a gospel album with on one of the songs it's Eddie Vedder singing the song uh The One Who Hideth Me. Let's let's play that and listen to Leslie Jordan and Eddie Vedder together. It's amazing. It's the best album of the month. I will lay me down beneath that old magnolia tree. Safely sheltered in the arms of the one who hideth me. Long and rough my road has been I'll tell you, this is uh, probably the only album uh, of the year that you will hear Eddie Vedder singing with a, a gay actor on a gospel song over ukulele. Yep. Yeah. Probably. Well, the ukulele is less the part that's more. <laughs> it's the most normal part of the song. Uh, <laughs> uh, not when it's Eddie Vedder. He has well, his solo ukulele. album. He plays ukulele. Does he? Yeah. Yeah, he plays ukulele. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Okay. And on okay. his uh, okay. on his solo, he's done. Uh, like I would whole... I would have thought yeah, that was the weirdest. Him, do you? No, yeah, he's Jeez. he plays the uke. The uke. Sorry for not knowing that Eddie Vedder's solo work uses ukulele. I forgive you. But it's okay. I, I don't know if Eddie will. Hey, look, he's not your cousin. It's all right. I guess not. Um, I will say so. His uh, gospel influence comes from him growing up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He yep. stated that he um, had been baptized thirteen times uh, as a young person because every time he'd come to church, they'd ask people to come up and they'd be like, "Hey, come get forgiveness of your sins." And he was like, "Well, I was hanging out with that boy in the woods this week, so I should probably <laughs> like he 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 kind of you know uh, kept his." Um, his um, sexuality hidden in a Chattanooga, t- Tennessee yeah. kind of As world. Yeah. So it's it, to me the I think the the it, craziest it, part is that somebody like um uh, like Leslie, Leslie Jordan who would be able to get so many people to be associated with such an uh, uh, yes. a, a concept, but it worked. On one of the songs, he brought it up that the thing that you're talking about with the baptism. He said. I've been baptized 12 times. I just hope one of them sticks. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it's such a good, it's like, it's in between songs. He does like these weird, hilarious, comedic bits, and it's amazing. It's a great album. Yep. Next one I'm going to do, because we all want to keep on moving, um, is uh, Manchester Orchestra's new album, The Million Masks of God. I, we'll just keep on moving, because I know we're running out of time. Uh, Jared, I'm sure you listen to Manchester Orchestra. Yes. What did you think about this one? I thought it was okay. I didn't get into... Uh, it's a concept album, and so I didn't really like sit and read the lyrics to know sure. uh, kind of the story, maybe. But it's it's a Manchester Orchestra album, so yeah, you know, like he sounds the way he always sounds. And Andy Hole will always sound the same way, and I have no problem with that. I, I hope that I'll return to it a few a few times and something because, like, uh, from the Cope album, I really like like a few of the songs a lot, and I'll go back to them a lot. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really done that with the last few albums, so I'm hoping that. Something 
we'll stick with this one and I'll continue to revisit it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, the concept is kind of about um, accepting death and uh, loss and what have you. Uh, sonically, it's very similar to their last album, A Black Mile to the Surface. And if you like Manchester Orchestra, you're probably going to keep liking what you hear. I like it quite a bit because I've liked Manchester Orchestra for nigh on a decade now, and I'm going to keep on liking them. All right. The first one that I want to address just really quickly, we can just be very brief with it, is the fact that The Offspring came out with a new album. Yeah, I didn't like it. I got about yeah. like four songs in. I'm like, I don't want to nope. go through this anymore. Nope. It's uh, it's certainly aged in terms of the, the tonality and the songwriting. It doesn't sound fresh. It sounds, In fact, it sounds like too clean old Offspring. <laughs> yeah which is weird. So yeah, what a time we are in where the offspring come out with a new album in 2021. Quite odd. Oh boy. The last two I have, the first one is art deco. I mentioned this to you guys earlier this mm. week or yeah, I think it was earlier this week. Art deco is, this would be the second release by, I believe it's a single guy, but maybe there's collaborators. I can't really find a lot of information out about it. There's no wiki and I don't really want to work any harder than that, to be honest with you. Um, but it's a pretty interesting stuff. This specific album is called in standard definition. I thought it was pretty good. It uses some like kind of uh, synth pop uh, as long with like shimmery guitar type textures, um, kind of a indie pop realm. I definitely got some feels of like uh, Destroyer's Ken, which I actually thought was an okay album. It didn't really uh, land super well with some critics, but I thought that album was okay. I got some feels of that on here in terms of the tonality of some things and even some of the uh, instrumentation on it. I thought it was pretty good. It was kind of fun and interesting and it was worth a listen. It's a good kind of like relaxed, chill album type situation. The last one I want to talk about really quickly is an EP. It's uh, the most recent EP. I think they may have had one more as well as like a uh, string of singles by a UK group called Cording. Did either of you guys listen to this? I saw that it came out and I was interested, but I never had a chance to. I saw they were post-punk and I said I should probably listen to that and I did not. Yeah, pretty good. Um, I, you know, once again, post-punk is a term that's getting thrown around a lot recently. I think sometimes it gets a little over overused. In this case, this is a little bit closer to like for me, some of the some kind of just like newer um, toned down uh, like it's hard to say indie rock, but it's more like indie rock than post-punk to me. And it's pretty good. I was definitely reminded of a, a band I've listened to recently called cheek face that kind of uses uh, a similar type of sound tonality and vocal delivery. It's a four song EP. It's pretty good. It actually has a, for me, I think it has a pretty decent variety. The first song comes in, it does kind of embody a little bit more of that uh, post-punk type feel, but the second song really sticks to a more, kind of like, um, I don't know, more grittier early aughts indie sound a little bit for me. Um, and the delivery is just a little bit differently. So it actually has a little bit of variety over the course of those four songs. I think is really good. I thought it was a good EP. I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to hopefully maybe a, a debut LP sometime in the next couple of years. So hopefully if so. you haven't listened to it, you all should give it. I think you should give a listen. I think you would definitely like it, Caleb. Jared, I don't know if you would like it or not, but it really was pretty decent. You might find something useful in it. Jaren, run through what you've got left, please. Tyler, did you listen to the new Greta Van Fleet? <laughs> okay, so I listened to a couple songs off it because I, I wanted to be able to speak to it a little bit. Yes. And? You go first. I did not dislike it. Uh, I thought it sounded more influenced by like Rush than Zeppelin. Uh, just kind of the instrumentation, some of the vocal delivery, and the fantasy lyrics kind of were more Rush-like than Zeppelin-like. Uh, but I don't know. I, I I I don't think that it's fair. 
I don't think that it's fair that they are turned in, like to this Imagine Dragons uh, category of shit radio rock. I don't think it's fair. What do you think? I don't know if I want to know. Would have to say that. Well, first, I want to say, be on record saying that I think this is a stupid album title. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, the I battle just, I at Garden's Gate. That's yeah, I find it really aggravating because to me it continues to play into the nonsense. Uh, we're not really influenced by that '70s band, but yet we're still trying to like obviously play off of the popularity of the idea, like the ideology of that group. So it's aggravating. Yes, I think it's increasingly aggravating that it has a stupid album title that is reminiscent of a Zeppelin album title of Zeppelin, because like you said, it doesn't. It I still find a lot of Zeppelin in here, sure. just in like the later toned down, slightly more pop focused zeppelin stuff Mm -hmm. but i will admit that there's less of that type of a feel going on and i I, i'm not i can't say that i like it i still i still just think it's i i over the course of their releases i have always not liked them first because of the intimate the uh you know the fact that they're imitating to a degree and then their denial of a certain imitation Uh, and then i just started to say that that's kind of like i know that I use that as a way to uh, validate my argument for a while, but it's kind of a stupid reason to do it. So then I started focusing on a little bit more of the like songwriting. And I just had never think that they've had that good of songwriting. I don't think their licks are that awful good. They're kind of like really, uh, I've always been kind of like sloppy. This album kind of plays a little bit more on like, for instance, um, the big song that I listened to was heat above. Yes. Which is a big, the big song on the album. It yep. doesn't really. It's not a lick heavy song. It's not a riff heavy song. No, you know, it's really. a groove. Yes. So um, shifting more towards that realm, you, like you know, you, it's more difficult to play off of that. It gives them a little bit more room to um, maybe just like kind of play into the subtlety of certain tonality of things. And I think that that's somewhere where they may have an ability to like break out of the place where people don't like them and uh, into a place where more people are willing to accept them as musicians i still personally don't think that they're really that great of musicians i think they have they're proficient in their instruments but i don't think that they're like the best songwriters but no i don't think they're the best songwriters either the the things that are the highlight for me with them his voice is very good even though the comparison to robert plant is maybe fair or maybe not fair whatever like i don't think he really sounds like robert plant on this album but it's like you know, I don't like. I, I think he has a very good voice, and I think that they are an interest interesting group. I watched uh, the live performance that they did for the song "Heat Above" on Jimmy Kimmel, and he's just like, like kind of riffing a little bit with some of the vocal stuff, and he's just got a really good voice. And so I don't know. Like, uh, I sent the performance to my friend Sarah and she was just like I don't care what anybody says I like them you know like and I think that's how you should kind of go with groups like that is like don't worry about what Pitchfork or uh, Melon has to say and just kind of like if you like it like it but don't really take a lot of uh, interest in the uh, opinions of of critics the uh the hipstery critics like to tear things down and expect you to feel the same way a yeah, lot i don't want to though. it's very much a uh like I, i'm not like i'm very middle of the road on Greta van fleet sure. like i'm i don't really want to seek them out personally but i don't see them as bad as other people they see just them as. matter so little for it to be for them to be so polarizing it right. doesn't make any sense right 
I mean, again, yeah. like I recognize that they're heavily influenced by the sound of like a Led Zeppelin style, like, you know, 70s psych rock or whatever it might be. And so what? Like, let them let them do what they want. You know, it, it's up to them to do what they want to do. They're writing their own music. They're not do they're not a cover band. You know, like yeah. that's a pretty big difference and importance here is that they're not just covering Led Zeppelin. They're just making songs that are in the similar vein in the same way that a lot of artists do the same thing as other artists. Like, yeah, it's not that deep. The uh, last thing I just don't care. Where I stand all in all on it is just, and that's why what you mentioned, Jared, is the reason that I had determined that I was going to shift. um, I was going to create a viewpoint that was either legitimate in terms of reasons that I don't like them or just say, I don't care. Mm Mm-hmm or enjoy certain songs. And I, so I, I switched it around and I listened to it and I focused on uh, watching them uh, try to like play riffs and do these things. So I, what I'm thinking, what I am reminded of is just a couple of days ago, I talked to a friend of mine here about black keys because they have new music coming. They've had new music the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. They've got new music. And I said, I really don't care one way or the other. I would almost prefer them to just stop coming out with albums. Because to me, they've reached a point where, and we talked about this before, once you like make a drastic change, how can you go on being the same band? So, you know, you're trying to just like evolve your sound or understand who you are and this or that. And at some point, there's just a time to stop or just a time to like where you're just kind of doing a, a status quo this is what we are kind of thing. That's where Greta Van Fleet sits with me. You know, they just kind of do this thing that they do. And it, and their sound for me is not pushing any boundaries. It's nothing new. It's nothing that's like uh, particularly personal or particularly inventive or trying to put uh, their own personal twist on the ideas of classic rock. It's just kind of like this thing that's t- that sits in the world of 40-ish years ago. And they're just kind of doing something like that with a different mixing and a little bit more modern sound because of the way we deal with production these days. And that's what they do. And that's that. So that's where I'm at with Greta Van Fleet. 50 years, really. Yeah, that's true. 50 years. The last thing I want to bring up is uh, there's a new song by the wallflowers, which is Jacob Dylan's band, uh, who is the son of Bob Dylan. And uh, the single that came out from it is called roots and wings. You don't have to play it because when the album comes out, I'll talk, I'll have more things to say about it, but I want people to be aware that it's coming. You see, uh, I like it because I like him. I've liked his solo stuff, Jacob Dylan. I like Wallflowers. I like One Headlight. Uh, it's a great song. But he, in getting older, he is sounding more like Bob. And his songwriting has um, uh, progressed a lot in that time. And so just like it's going to be interesting uh, the next 20 years, hopefully, of what Jacob does because we probably won't have 20 more years of Bob. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, so yeah. it's like, you know, hard, like hard the, to imagine the next guy in line of like the son of the greatest songwriter ever is making good music also. Yeah. So, um, keep an eye on the wallflowers first album, like 15 years or something crazy. So pretty crazy indeed. I've got a couple I'm going to run through fairly quickly. Oh my. I know, uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention a artist by the name of Houston Kendrick and his album Small Infinity. Uh, he was featured on NPR recently. I gave him a peek. It's a very short album, about 27 minutes. I like it a lot. And when I looked into it, I realized that it is basically completely unknown. 
Mm. His uh, single that came off of the album uh, has a music video, and it currently is sitting at about 700 views. Oh, my. 700. I don't know how NPR caught on to it. Um, I'm going to play the song Good Evening, Tennessee, just to kind of give a taste, because it does not sound like somebody who has only like 700 listens on uh, a YouTube video. Flicker at the screen, you are watching my TV. Broken antenna viewing my dreams. Cherry pies on the table with the rising steam. Seven down, child, I'm trying to see. I'm not what you used to. Unfamiliar with what normals do. I'm a pink boy painted blue. You know you've all been very much in the realm of like a Frank Ocean or an Anderson Pock, if you will. Uh, and again, like the production value and the energy he brings does not feel like somebody who's completely unknown. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow he starts to get some attention and blows up because he sounds like somebody who should. Uh, so it would be very much on the ground floor that NPR found this person. Uh, but there's also a great likelihood that nothing happens ever with this artist ever again. So you never know. Uh, I will also quickly run through an artist by the name of Aruj Aftab, who is a Pakistani um, artist who um, is making kind of this folky, uh, sparse kind of sounding album of Vulture Prince. It's uh, very melancholic, very sad, but also has some, um, some, some brightness on there. It's mostly sung uh in in a language that we do not speak here in america and so you might not want to listen to it but it is worth it because uh the emotionality of music uh speaks more than just being able to understand the lyrics but there is one song that is in english so you can go listen to that one i guess last thing and then we'll be done uh i would not usually want to talk about a reissue of an album but it is worthwhile to mention it because of and and you're aware of it jared and i'm sure tyler might have mentioned or saw it as well uh but sharon von etten's uh album i think it's her second album uh was reissued it goes by the name of epic and um it's been like 10 years since the album has been released but the reason that i want to mention it is because of the fact that with the reissue also came a cover of every song from multiple different artists. Jared, I know you heard the Idols cover of Peace Signs. Yes. Uh, so that is a song. So we get to hear a Sharon Von Etten song performed by Idols. But here's the thing. They also has uh, Courtney Barnett doing a song and Fiona Apple doing a song. Guys, there's a, there's a reissue of an album that's got Fiona Apple and Idols on it. I can't not oh. mention this. Also has Lucinda Williams on it. She's uh, quite good. It's got a he lot. He doesn't care about her. It's got other stuff. I'm not going to mention yeah, every artist. She's quite good. I'm not going to mention all seven of them, but I guess I will now if you really want to. No, I just know that you don't care about Lucinda Williams. I suppose. You don't even know who that is. I do not. Yeah. Okay. She's good. I did like I did listen to the Idols one. I did not listen to the other ones, but uh, it was interesting. I was confused when it first came out. I saw Idols had a new song and it said Sharon Van Aten, and I was yep. not sure what it was. Uh, pertaining to i listened to the, the tune it's pretty good i did see lucinda release good souls better angels last year but i didn't listen to it thank you for the just clarifying clarification I, I don't don't about about i'm semi-aware i said I you also... don't care about her not that you weren't aware oh, of her care not aware okay <laughs> any other nonsense we need to i think up? we've covered our nonsense for let's for find another leslie jordan song while we're at it let's let's <laughs> not we'll close with peace signs 
Thank you for listening to this bonus edition. Thanks for sticking to this point. It's been a been a minute, huh? But we made it, and that's what matters. And we've made it through the music of April, and we will be back for the music of May. If you're here, you know us. Check out our website, as usual, to keep up to date with what we're doing. Check out our sister podcast, Good Band, Bad Band, and we will see you in a month for this thing. We'll see you sooner than that, but not the point. Yeah.